Welcome to the podcast. I am Danielle Goodrick and joining me today is Dr. Sebastian Moritz from TWS Partners. SIPS and TWS have surveyed SIPS members over three years and analysed trends and applications of game theory in procurement. Its application is growing year on year in negotiations with suppliers, but what about the internal negotiation with stakeholders, which is often more challenging, some may say. So how can game theory help increase your influence? The 2020 SIPSA Salary Guide reports that procurement being seen as a strategic partner to the business is still a challenge in 2020. And subsequently, the most important skills identified for the modern procurement professional being soft skills, with huge emphasis on communication, influencing, internal stakeholder management and negotiation. So with this in mind today, Sebastian and I on the podcast will be discussing different ways in which you can increase your influence and strategic engagement and how procurement can adopt game theory methodologies to lead the business rather than being led. So thank you for joining us. And Sebastian, thank you for your time today. Um, you're involved in many high stakes strategic sourcing activities and negotiations on behalf of clients. So how critical is the internal stakeholder management and the ability to influence stakeholders for you? Hi, Danielle. First of all, uh, thank you for having me today. Uh, it's, it's a real pleasure. Um, to your question, um, I believe it's extremely critical, um, if not the most important building block when we talk about how procurement professionals can actually drive value for their organizations. Um, and everyone who, who actually has worked on, on negotiations and, and tender processes, they know that there are mainly two success factors for, for the outcome of a negotiation or a tender. Yeah. Firstly, it's about your ability and your skills to negotiate with suppliers, because without good supplier negotiations, there's probably not a good result. But secondly, also uh, the quality of your internal negotiations with your internal stakeholders around what they want, which solution they accept, which suppliers they find acceptable, and most important, securing their kind of backing for the final result. Because if you or they don't follow your recommendation as a buyer, you probably have less leverage with your suppliers in the supplier negotiations and long-term your reputation with suppliers in the market as well as internally suffers. That means from, from, from my perspective, stakeholder management and, and the ability of, of buyers and procurement professionals to influence stakeholders is of utmost importance to the role of procurement and, and how they actually can engage with suppliers. That's very interesting. And we hear that feedback a lot from many of our members. Um, and often they feel that this is the most challenging part. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's absolutely right. And uh, we see that a lot in our work, mainly for two reasons. The first one is that stakeholders often have much more information about what they actually need, what they want, the quality of the product and the service and these kind of things. And secondly, the more strategic projects get, the more diverse opinion you will probably find in an organization and within the group of stakeholders. They could be even very subjective. Yeah? And in some instances, I've even experienced very emotional reactions of stakeholders when, when uh, procurement professionals ask them, what do you actually want? 
Yeah, and this emotion, I guess, being drawn into it means that sometimes um, stakeholders don't feel procurement as someone who's maybe pushing their agenda, but someone who's potentially coming in to challenge their view or change things. Oh, oh absolutely, and, and, and I agree. In, in many organizations uh, that, that I have seen, procurement is very often not seen as the trusted partner, my party to go to, when I need something from, from the market, but very often uh, procurement is seen as a threat to, to what I need and want. Yeah? So stakeholders are rather skeptical about engaging procurement if um, I have something very precise in my mind that, that I want them to do for me. Um, but, but Danielle, let me be absolutely honest. Yeah? I, I don't believe that's the task of procurement just to please stakeholders. Yeah? It's the task of procurement to create value for, for, for the business. That's the key role purchasing should be of the procurement people should be fulfilling in an organization. Yes, completely agree. That's the ultimate aim. I think kind of getting people on board and stakeholders on board to the process is a part to play in it as well. So how do you think procurement can achieve this value and, its, and change its role and perception internally hand in hand? Yeah. That, that's a very good question, and I think it goes down to the very heart of, of how business works, uh, how business works, and, and which role procurement is fulfilling. Because what procurement needs to do is to demonstrate that they not only follow their own agenda. It's not only about cost and driving year-on-year -year savings. I mean, we all know that the more strategic sourcing decisions get, no meaningful negotiation or, or sourcing decision can be made by procurement on its own. The skills are so widely distributed across the business that it's really difficult to say it's the one person who can make a judgment call. Yeah? It's a cooperation between different functions that all bring their own expertise in in order to support the evaluation of suppliers and, 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 and the solutions. Uh, and now I think what what is more critical in order to being more more active as a, as a procurement function is that it's not only the, the request to demand a seat at the table in order to be able to give my input as a buyer it needs more someone who who is orchestrating the internal decision making and providing a methodology for it especially when when internal functions do necessarily not necessarily having the same objectives yeah, so there are conflicting objectives in the room, and the question is, how do we come to the right decision for the business? Yeah, so in, in, in my view, this is very often about three things. The first one is purchasing or procurement people should be there to understand the business needs. The second question is around how can we consolidate different views and opinions, which are partly conflicting. And the third one is, if there are conflicting opinions and they're necessarily trade-offs, how do I deal with these kind of trade-offs? I think that's the, the task that procurement people need to fulfill in order to demonstrate to the business that they are not only following their own agenda. Yeah, great, Sebastian. So how do you see that they could do this? Um, if I look at the work that uh, we are doing on behalf of our clients, then very often, what is the fundamental difference is that we doing this comprehensive um, cross-functional alignment and, and stakeholder 
engagement much earlier in the process. So you could even say we pull it forward. So what we want to do is ideally have all the cards on the table, all the discussions done before we actually engage in any kind of commercial negotiations, which is a bit different from conventional processes, but it has one key advantage that, that um, I want to elaborate um, today a bit on. It's the ability to go to suppliers and say, I'm able to speak with one voice and on behalf of our entire business and all the different views are taken care of and co are consolidated in, 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 in the way how we structure and, and, and formalize our discussions. So the aim of the cross-functional alignment done at an earlier stage is to, to, to get a holistic view on suppliers, trying to make them truly comparable and taking into account all the commercial and non-commercial aspects um, of suppliers' proposals. Yeah? And we very often call that uh, the bonus penalty evaluation method, um, which is the tool that we are using in order to facilitate that kind of cross-functional alignment. That's really interesting. So what does the bonus penalty evaluation mean? Um, it sounds quite similar to some evaluation methods and scoring methodologies that organizations use. So um, does it differ? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, not starting anything from scratch, but um, the, the bonus penalty evaluation um, is a methodology in which every function defines their non-commercial sourcing criteria and evaluates supplies according to those criteria. But there's one key difference. What we're doing is we do this evaluation and that kind of assessment um, using monetary terms. So we ask the question, what does the preference for one supplier mean in monetary terms for our business, um, irrespective of it being a commercial element like payment terms or non-commercial elements, which more have to do with reliability, project management capabilities and these kind of things. So we consciously try to make the decision much more analytical with a monetary evaluation, looking into these non-commercial aspects. So the question is then, what do we do with it? Yeah, we use that in order to artificially adjust the quotations that we're seeing from suppliers on a commercial basis. So that means a supplier that shows a good performance and the non-commercial ele uh, elements point into a direction that this is really a good supplier to work with for us. We should be artificially reducing the quotation from the suppliers in order to reflect that because there are less costs to the business which we need to, to bear in order to um, deal with that kind of supplier. But also, if, if you reverse that, it means the supplier that is not as good as the one that I prefer, it means the supplier induces additional, additional cost. And if he's doing that, it basically means for us, we should be artificially inflating um, um, his quotation in order to, to make him comparable with a supplier that is more neutral or the one that we like. And by doing that, we, uh, in, in order to do that, we take our bonus penalty evaluation and the outcomes of this assessment in order to adjust um, the proposals that are put forward by suppliers. Yeah? We're using a term that is a bit artificial. Yeah? It's called comparison price, but it's the price or the criterion that we want to be using in order to make suppliers directly comparable. So that means what we are trying to do here 
is we try to establish a bonus penalty evaluation that is a true reflection of the total value of ownership and the most holistic perspective that we can think of looking at all the commercial and non-commercial aspects. And this is to a certain extent different from the more qualitative supplier assessment methodologies that are used by the vast majority of organizations today. That sounds really interesting. And I guess to be able to maximize that, you do have to have all your key stakeholders on board early. So what would be the advantage of this method compared to other conventional methods? For, for, for me, um, I would boil it down to, to three key differences. The first one is if I'm able to monetize all the criteria and the sourcing decision across the board of, of, of my, my, my stakeholders, it means it will take subjectivity and emotions out of the process. It's no longer about a stakeholder assigning a subjective qualitative score to a supplier, or we're talking about the supplier having 87 out of 100 points. What we are trying to assess is the impact on a company's bottom line, which is a monetary number. So probably the most transparent criterion we can think of. That's reason number one, where I, or advantage number one, which I think plays a, a pivotal role in, in, in our work. The second one is that because we're talking about monetary terms, we have one common denominator. So whenever trade-offs arise, um, I'm able to balance off different objectives I can, for example, say, okay, up to which price point is it still better to accept a higher price because of the cost of poor quality um, and similar things. So I, I'm able to weigh different aspects against each other. And this clearly helps me to move away from something where I say, okay, quality counts for 20 points and the supplier only scores 18. It doesn't tell me anything about how much money or which kind of price premium I'm willing to pay to a better supplier. So we're getting more into an objective, transparent discussion that allows internal trade-offs. And the third criterion, which is for me as, as a negotiation expert, probably as important as the other two, um, with the comparison price that I mentioned earlier, I'm out of a sudden having a single criterion which allows me to use advanced negotiation techniques. And this single criterion is basically the one um, that I can use to assess the value proposition of a supplier at each stage of a negotiation. And if I'm having done that, I'm able to run these kind of more advanced negotiation techniques um, it also means that I can committedly negotiate with the suppliers. Yeah? Whenever they're making an offer, I don't need to go back to one of my stakeholders and saying, dear stakeholders, do you accept that kind of supplier? What's about this view of, of their proposition? Um, I don't need to do that anymore because it's taken care of before I'm actually in negotiations. That means suppliers get the view that we only talk about suppliers which are credible and which we have looked into detail. Then the second element is the stakeholders internally understand that their view is taken care of and reflected in my discussions with the business. And 
because that's the case, they probably are willing to compete in a more intense way than in a situation where I leave it up to them to give me the best offer, which I need then as a buyer to take to my stakeholders, which might or might not be accepted by them. And in doing that, um, the procurement team obviously look like they have a lot more influence within the business, therefore more credible to the suppliers that they're talking to at the time if they're able to make those de decisions, like you say, other than going back to the business. So do you think that this means procurement becomes a true value driver? Absolutely. And, and that's, I think, uh, one of the biggest drivers for me also when it comes to the internal repositioning of procurement. This different approach to stakeholder management, earlier, less subjective, more rational, more quantified, more looking into what does this decision mean for us as a business, um, enables not only this kind of transparency, transparency but also more a business-wide mandate for procurement to, to go out and strike the best deal. So that means procurement really fills a strategic role in the business as a value driver. And this is actually what we see a lot in, our, uh, in, in the work that we are doing with, with our clients. Yeah? When we are able to articulate to a supplier how we view them and we are able to reassure them that this is accepted by the rest of the business, they out of a sudden are willing to accept terms which they haven't done before. They improve in negotiations along the criteria that the group of stakeholders has defined, not procurement. And they clearly see how non-commercial criteria are valued and by how much. So that means they understand exactly by, by how much do they improve their positioning in a competition by accepting or not accepting into a certain clause or, or some, some terms that the buyer would like to see. Um, and because of that kind of behavior, we're seeing that it ultimately drives much better negotiation results, both on the, on the commercial and non-commercial aspects. Uh, and this is then not a question. Um, it will have a different um, uh, outcome for, for the perception of the procurement professionals in an organization, internally as well as externally. Yes, definitely. I can see that. And I think you've uh, raised some great points there, Sebastian. Thank you. So in adopting these methodologies, does this mean that procurement can become a true partner for stakeholders, which was what we originally started talking about in terms of increasing their influence? Do you think this is the route that they should be going down? Yeah, for me, absolutely. Yeah. So for me, it's a must that procurement understands itself as, as a partner to the stakeholders. Um, but I would go even further, yeah, because I see the potential of procurement uh, going much more beyond um, that, that partnership between different um, functions in a business. For me, um, it's not only about turning procurement into someone yeah, who was formerly an internal service provider to some other function and is now a partner with the seat at the table. For me, Procurement should be even having a very entrepreneurial perspective, someone who facilitates the internal decision-making process with many and multiple stakeholders being involved in strategic sourcing decisions, always with a view to achieve the best possible deal for a business, 
And now the most important part, not along my own objectives, but along the strategic objectives which were articulated by stakeholders. And if this is something that the procurement profession can actually demonstrate, then it's also the procurement function that is leading and not led by other functions. Definitely. And thank you for that, Sebastian. I think some analogies there that you've been able to share and approaches to game theory um, internally have really helped. But it's just highlighted even more the need for soft skills and how critical these are. So in order to deliver all of this, soft skills are so important for procurement um, for now and in the future. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today with some hints and tips for you to take away and increase your internal influence. You can follow the SIPS podcast channel um, to access the latest content at sips.org forward slash knowledge. And we look forward to you joining us again. Thank you.